Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Back here on the Gerald, the boss man, short coach Dave Doran, North Carolina State Wolfpack out of the ACC. Coach, how things over there in Raleigh today, man? Is it warm over there today, man? Things good here, man. It's a little overcast, but uh, nice fall weather. I hear that, coach. You're four and one heading to, to that bye, man. Tell us how important it was for you guys to, you know, beat losing our tech, get out of there pretty healthy and get into this bye. We can kind of do some self scouting and get some guys healthy this week. Well, yeah, it's good to go into a bye. We've, you know, got a three game winning streak going and uh, other than, you know, we've had three starters injured for the season on defense. Other than that, we're, we're in a good spot health-wise. Um, the guys are in a good spot. You know, it's a good time for them to hit reset here and get a little needed time off and get a little bit of a head start on Boston College. I hear that, Coach. Tell me about this, Coach. The fact that your guys re responded against after beating Clemson and not having that letdown, that trap game where they don't play well as they could have played and lose that game. How important was your guys to play that game out, going to his bye four and one? I guess you hit the reset button, get ready for this seven game stretch coming up here from here in you know, November here. Well, I think it uh, says a lot about him mentally. When you win a double overtime game like that with Clemson, uh, we had the game one and, you know, Missed a field goal that was a chip shot and basically had to relive a nightmare that we had three years ago at that stadium down there. Uh, that was a big emotional hit. And to, to have, a, I guess, the, the ability not to flinch as a team and come back and win that game and then have to bounce up and play the best offense we've played this year was Louisiana Tech. Um, they were really good. That was not a trap game. That was a really talented offense we had to play against. Says a lot about our kids, you know, and, and the staff able to get them, you know, locked in again. And now it's time to just let them really kind of enjoy what they've done and also reset their goals. You know, we've got some things we want to make sure we can achieve down these next seven weeks and for the next five games are on the road. So we've got a tough task in front of us. I think, Coach, this having your guys be one together, that camaraderie being in the weight room again. I know with COVID, you had all those restrictions. It couldn't be, be together where you want to be over Zooms. And so I feel like you guys getting to have a real spring, a real summer again together and build that callous where we're together at this. Fought that Clemson game together. La Latte game fought that game as well. And now look at you guys now, 4 and 1, Boston College coming up here next. You're in a good spot for the your conference right now. Yeah, we're definitely in a good spot. You know, it's just there's so much football still to play, man. And you know, you want to be excited, you want to be happy and all that. But, you know, at the same time, we can't be complacent. We've got a lot of things we got to do better. We did beat, you know, Clemson. We did put ourselves in the driver's seat. But our goal wasn't just to win one conference game. It was to win them all. And we've got seven left. So we got a lot of work to do here. Um, do appreciate, you know, people saying good things about our program and things like that. But we got a lot more that we want to do. 
Most definitely, Coach. Tell us about that piece in your program. The mental health piece has been something that's been very paramount in sports the last few weeks and months here. So how do you guys go about helping your guys mentally be prepared for anything off the field, on the field? Because I know having that support system like a coach like yourself, having guys, assistant coaches to talk to the young men, counsel on campus, how do you guys approach that for your young men who may have issues beyond football? Yeah, obviously it's a topic we've learned a lot about in the last 18 months. Um, mental health has been something I think that when I was a player, you, you never talked about stuff like that. You know, probably felt weak for doing it. Now it's, hey, it's no different. You got a sore muscle. You go see the trainer. You got something bothering you mentally. You go to the sports psych department. It's what you do. And these counselors are there to help. They're helped to give you exercises and tools to, to allow you to handle the stress or the anxiety or the trauma or whatever it may be in your life so that you can become the best you. And, you know, as far as my part in it, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach and I'm a mentor and I'm someone that cares a lot about my players. So I just realized that, you know, we've got to have good people in place. You know, here we've got some excellent people that are full-time. Our, our students have got to know and feel comfortable in. And then our trainers do a really good job directing that traffic, you know, as need be when kids come in and they can tell that they need more than we can give them. And coach, you know, for me, I'm in my mid thirties coach and I'm a little older than your guys are, but last year for me was tough as a 30, 30 some year old yeah. man. I can only imagine 18, 24 year old young men having restrictions from in college can't go out and have a good time. Have to be on these strict protocols. Can not imagine how mentally draining it was for those young men? I'm 30, I'm in my thirties now. It bothered me a little bit. So I commend you. I feel like your guys have got a life lesson early in life. That, hey, I got through 2020. In 2021, I stood up for my life for adversity right here. Well, we've seen a lot, you know, as uh, as a country, as a society in the last two years, a lot. And, and so, you know, between the, being quarantined, the isolation things that people had to deal with, should I or shouldn't I get vaccinated, all the social injustice that took place, there's been a lot in our country. And so these guys have had to deal with way more than I did growing up. And so, you know, we just have to be cognizant of that as coaches and make sure they have the resources they need. And I think, Coach, for, for me, sports is our, is our biggest thing that brings us together, coaches, sports. Because I feel like for me, I, I was supposed to there different, different backgrounds and cultures from playing travel baseball and, foot, and basketball and football. Sports taught me about other people's cultures and backgrounds. So I think – Last year, having a sports arena, a sports field, helped your guys kind of understand each other better because, yes, we're playing for each other, the Wolf Pack, but also play for my brother as a human as well, beyond just wearing these jerseys we wear on, once a week on Saturdays. Yeah, I think, you know, as a, as a coach that wants to have a family in his locker room, because that's what we look at this as, you've got to go through adversity together. You've got to learn through all these challenging moments and I think there are opportunities to grow together is what they are I think they, they probably break some teams up to ours that it brought us closer and so you know that shared adversity those calluses you're talking about that makes you who you are and so that's one of the things that I enjoy about this team we've come through a lot together and we're very motivated by it all most definitely coach tell me about this man and recruiting wise you're in a great area to recruit talent uh, in North Carolina is a great area. Virginia as well, come out of Georgia, Tennessee as well, if you want to, down to Florida. So talk about the, the NC State being a national brand, how you able to, to branch out from Raleigh on throughout the Southeast and find great talent, come down here in Georgia as well and get talent as well. Well, it starts here. You know, we're going to take care of our backyard first. And we've got about 60 to 70% uh, of our team from North Carolina. 
After that, the footprint is, is Georgia, Florida. Uh, we'll hit South Carolina some, Virginia some. But if you looked at our roster, it's North Carolina one, Georgia two, Florida three, as far as the number of players on the team. And those areas have been really good to us. You know, we have great respect for the high school football in them. The kids have had success here. Um, it's not hard for their families to get here and see them play. You know, and it's easy for us, like giving the guys the weekend off. These guys can drive to Atlanta if that's where they want to go, you know, to go back and see their families and friends. And coach, let me ask you this. My dad was a football coach in high school, man. So ask his question. When, when did you decide you want to become a head coach and become a coach? Because I told my dad early, I want to be in radio. I don't want to be in, I don't want to be a coach like you pulling your hair out all the time. I don't want to just talk about the game, not, <laughs> not coaching. So, so when did you decide you want to get into coaching, yeah. man? You know, I grew up watching my dad hate his job and uh, worked really, really hard, made a good living, but he was not happy with what he did. And and so um, it took me a while. You know, I thought I was going to get into to medicine, actually, sports medicine, because I love sports and I love science. I love people. Um, but my high school coach, my junior year of high school, of college, offered me a chance to coach the seven on seven team where I'm from in Kansas City is high school. And really enjoyed it and uh, decided I was going to do that for a year or two and make sure before I did anything else, that wasn't it. And when I started my first year as a high school coach, I was hooked, you know? And so that, that was a very important year in my development. Just first time I can say, I know what I want to do for a living. Um, because for me, it didn't matter. I was going to work hard in whatever field I ended up in. I wanted to make sure I was excited about what I was doing and that, it wasn't a job, it was a calling, and I was able to find that, you know, and so I feel very blessed that God led me down that path because, you know, like I said, I grew up seeing my dad come home not happy and, and not enthusiastic, and that was hard, you know, as a young man to watch, so I wanted to make sure I didn't have that in my life. And coach, like you said, like, it's a calling, like my father, God still called my father to this day you know, who he coached. And I know how it feels for you. This relationship is about 40 years from now when you're becoming a husband or father, opening up your own business, accomplishing things. This relationship does not, does not end once you take off that uniform. It's a lifetime relationship when you recruit a guy. So talk about that, more about the calling, how this is, it's really this, it's, 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 when you get a guy, that's a guy for life when you bring him into your program as one of your sons as you, as I would call it, when you coach a young man. Well, that's what you hope for. You know, I've been really fortunate. Um, to have those kind of relationships. You know, it was a 20-year reunion for me with the kids at Montana that I coached that won the national championship. And so we had to get together with those guys this summer. It was awesome. Last week, I had two of my linebackers here from Wisconsin came out and stayed and visited and, you know, um, stayed in touch with a lot of the kids from Kansas that I've coached. And, you know, now this place I'm at now, I've been here nine years. So it's kind of fun. Like this weekend, B.J. Hill and Jermaine Pratt, who played for the Bengals, had a bye week. They came back to see us play and came to the hotel and ate with us. And they are. They're like your second sons. You know, they're incredible young men. It's so uh, – gives you so much pleasure as a coach just to see them kind of continue in their lives and what they decide to do. And hopefully you made an impact on them where they feel like they can come back and ask you for help when they need it. That's something for you, Coach. It's fun when you get you out of here, Coach. When you come to Atlanta to recruit a pledge or Georgia Tech, what do you love to eat here when you come to, come to town, Coach? <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I don't really get to the restaurants, man. When I'm there, I'm doing home visits. You know, so I'm kind of eating in the houses, and uh, I don't really get a choice. You know what I mean? Like, whatever mom puts on the table. <laughs> 
But uh, I know there's a lot of great places to eat. I just haven't been fortunate enough to be down there and do that kind of stuff. I hear that, Coach. Well, I'm glad you're getting guys from Georgia. I'm happy to have you down on the show anytime. We'd like to come talk to the young men here in Georgia as well because I encourage young men in Georgia to go out and say, say, hey, I can grow and become men and get coached by great men like yourself to learn about life. Living, Being in Georgia is great, but you want to go out and branch out and learn so you can come back a better man. That's what I try to tell young men all the time. So I want to help guys like yourself and we have to know about your programs and come to, come to be a, come a wolf pack in Raleigh and enjoy that experience up there, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. Appreciate the time. Go back. See you, Coach. Be safe, man. You do the same. All right, now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.